everybody to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. This is Mike Maddox, your host. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us for this week's episode. I am super excited this week because I have as my guest, my new partners. You may have seen the big announcement from ASK last week that we have merged and become part of a much larger organization. I'm very excited about the announcement about the merger and to be joined today by Eric Gray and Matt LaFrance, my new partners in, in this endeavor. And so welcome, guys. Thanks for having Thanks. us, Mike. And I Amazing introduction. It's, it's awesome to hear you speak in your radio voice. You've got such a knack for it. <laughs> I practice that. You know, I try to get the, I try to get a little deeper, a little more gravelly. It's not easy, Matt. It's not easy. <laughs> so let's start with Matt. I want to go to each of you, but let's start with Matt. And, you know, Matt, just kind of give us a little bit of background of Grade A. So Grade A, Ottawa, Ontario, tell us a little bit about your history as a company and yourself. You know, I think it's kind of it's so similar to ASK and uh, Convergence out of Portland. We started about 20 years ago. We were four buddies out of my parents' basement. We just thought IT was the way to go. Like We saw an opportunity and we grew it out of a co-op project from university. As we started to grow, we noticed there was really an opportunity to get into the small business world. And I think we all saw that. So we started to support customers and, and really just keep the focus around making sure our staff are happy. Because at the end of the day, you know, staff engagement equals great service. And that was our philosophy. And we sort of just followed that mindset for the past 20 years. And here we are today. And grew like crazy because of that philosophy over time. And, uh, and Eric, let's go to you. So Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Um, so Convergence, similar to you all, started in November of 2000. Um, I was doing IT for a couple different local Portland-based IT providers, outsourced. This was pre-managed service days, and I was an engineer. And our time was always dished out to clients in blocks of hours, and, and the model just didn't work. So this other engineer and I came up with what we thought was a crazy idea that if we charge clients one monthly fee, just took care of the whole network, um, they would be happier, we would be happier, and we could provide better service. And, and most important, our people would be happier because the stress level on the engineers to always be billable dollars would go away. Um, my wife was a stay-at-home mom. I had a six-month-old at home. I came home, told her I was quitting my job, wrote a business plan, uh, raised some money from family and leaped uh, with the other engineer, started Convergence in November 1, 2000 uh, was our starting date. So we just celebrated 20 years uh, in the midst of a pandemic. So wow. celebrated via Teams to be socially distanced, um, grew like mad and, you know, have continued the same pattern. Uh, one of those clients we started with 20 years ago with still with us today. Uh, some of the people are still with us today, and you know, today we're still a full-on managed service provider focused in managed services and cybersecurity. Yeah, it's so interesting that you saw the need and the benefit of what we call what we now call managed IT services. Back in those days, that didn't exist; that term wasn't around. And it's similar to the story at ASK. Now, I didn't start the company. The company started in '93, but it was a mainframe uh, reseller for IBM. When I joined, we were doing break fix like you described. You know, we'd sell block yeah. of hours, we would send technicians on site, send a bill like Matt, you were talking about. Um, and then this concept of managed IT came up and I mean, I'd heard about it. I didn't get it. Like I didn't understand it. Now you, this was even before then when you you kind of started doing it, Eric. I mean, you kind of went, hey, we can, we can. there's a better alignment here uh, for the for the customer and for your business. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, invoice number four out of QuickBooks was, uh, I don't recall the amount, but it was all you can eat, one monthly fee um, at the office, which I'm obviously not at right now because of COVID, but it still hangs on my wall. Um, and I think we were four or five years old before I found an article in a magazine that referenced managed service provider. And I still recall going to my partner, Lance, at the time and talking to him going, oh, my goodness, we know what we're actually called now because we didn't know how to quantify into words what we actually did because we didn't feel we were IT. We weren't break fix. And um, yeah, in those first right. years when we were talking to clients or prospective clients, nobody believed us that we even did it because nobody had actually heard of the concept that you charged one monthly fee for you know all the services. Yeah, even in 2004, we saw that. And Matt, you probably did early on in, in uh, Ottawa as well, where, you know, I remember the days of this seems too good to be true. I don't even understand the concept. That's the response yeah. you get from clients. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think it when you think back to those days, it's just a reminder that we need to continually push innovation in our industry and across all our customers, too. Right. Because it just builds a competitive advantage, but it also offers something better to the client base. Yeah. And, you know, here I remember clearly having heard about it. So this was like 2004, late 2004, 2005. I didn't quite understand it. You know, how are you going to build a bit? How am I going to build a business based on an all you can eat support model and somehow estimate the pricing correctly? And I went to see a client in uh, in the area who'd been with us since the beginning of the company, since 93, and they had grown a lot and their technology had grown and they were kind of at the nuisance stage because they would call us whenever something went horribly wrong and we would send people out there, fix it, send them a bill, and then everything would be calm for a while. Then they'd call us. So we were like the fire department. My purpose in talking to the to the CF, uh, COO, a real smart guy named Dave at the time was, Dave, you really need to hire a couple of IT people here because your technology is a lot broader, a lot bigger. You got more people. And um, he listened to me and he said, well, who would I need to hire? And And I said, well, you, know, you need somebody that understands networks, somebody that understands uh, PC servers, Windows servers. We used to call them PC servers back then. Uh, you have an AS400. Um, yeah, so he's like, so two, two, three people? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I started to justify it. I'm like, yeah, but for a company your size, you've got about 100 employees. That's not a big investment. He goes, no, it's not the money. It's just, you know, say three people fully funded. That's like 150000 a year or somewhere in that neighborhood. Don't you guys know how to do all of those things already at ASK? And I went, yeah. He goes, why can't I just hire you and pay you? And I went, that's called managed services. It's like the light bulb went off. I go, we can do that. And they became our first client. <laughs> so we've all come a long way. So we're going to get more into this and more into what led to the merger, where the merger's headed, and what our goals are, and how the technology industry is evolving. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us. You're listening on the Michigan Business Network. You're listening to Bottom Line IT. We will be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology 
so that you can run your business. Welcome back, everybody, to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. I am your host, Mike Maddox. Thank you for being with us, whether that be in the great state of Michigan, where I am at, or in the Ottawa, Ontario area, where my guest, Matt LaFrance, is, or Portland, Oregon, where my guest, Eric Gray, is, anywhere across this country. Check out the other programs on the Michigan Business Network. There are many on the network, none quite as good as ours, in my opinion, but I might be a little bit biased. Thanks for being with us. And I'm talking to Eric Gray and Matt LaFrance, my new partners in this merger that ASK has gone through with Grade A and Convergence Networks. And together we are one entity now for the last month. It's been about 28 days, guys. And uh, I want to just get into, in the first segment, we introduced who Grade A is, who Convergence is, who ASK is, how we came together. Let's talk about prior to ASK joining, Convergence and Grade A joined together last year. And you know, we've no, you've known each other, and I knew you guys prior to that. But what led to the merger? I mean, get, give our listeners a little bit of insight into why that happened. What was behind it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked probably for over ten years about coming together, right? And you know, the one of the limiting factors was distance. We were like, well, you're in Portland, even Mike. You know, we talked about it too. You're in Michigan. We're in Ottawa, Canada. How could we ever collaborate at this distance, right? It's just going to make it so hard. And COVID kind of presented an opportunity, right? Our, our lives got turned upside down. Work from home became a standard. Now we're chatting and we're in different cities. Uh, so it, it made it a level playing field and it, it made it more feasible for us to actually think about working together. Um, so that was kind of one of the initial triggers that made it happen. Eric and I started conversations sort of early in, maybe it was June, July. I think Eric thought I was a madman about even thinking about the idea. But as we had conversations, it really started to make sense. Like coming together, gives us scale, gives us the ability to have you know, resources and people focused on, a, on you know, staff engagement, uh, product development, innovation in the company to help our customers and our staff. And we were fortunate to find a, a financing partner to, who believed in the vision and the uh, story. Hey, Eric, from your perspective, I mean, you were uh, in a moment of weakness. You knew Matt. Were you crazy? What were you thinking? I, well, first off, yes, I absolutely thought Matt was nuts, but I've thought <laughs> that for the last 12 years I've known Matt. Um, but no, uh, it, it was a weird thing because 2020 was obviously a very trying year for a lot of people. Uh, you know, the health sides that hit the world and, you know, the number of people that lost their lives and jobs was huge. The odd part was in technology, once we got over the shock and awe of what was happening, our world boomed and pivoted at the same time. So the pace of change, in my opinion, pushed forward five years. Um, for example, you know, Convergence had on its roadmap such things as Teams Voice, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that we knew were coming in the future. And when, when the world went remote, instantly overnight, the demands of our clients to get into stuff like Azure, Microsoft 365, Teams Voice, exponentially grew and we yeah. knew to actually scale and pivot the business we needed to be bigger and really that's matt matt and i saw the same things and, and obviously you mike as well because we were chatting and and realized there was way more power in the combined entity focusing on the same things than each of us focusing ourselves um just surely from a time perspective yeah and you both hit on on some really important aspects scale the ability to offer solutions to clients that we knew were either relevant or going to be relevant. Um, but 
you know, as a single entity, not having the resources, the time, the bandwidth to do that on our own, that was frustrating for me. I know it was frustrating for you guys. So that was behind it. And then, you know, probably more important even than that is, you know, one of the core values is putting our people, our staff and our customers first, um, looking at what we could offer staff. I mean, there's only so much as a small, closely held business you can offer in the, in terms of education, training, human resources. That you know, there's so many hours in the day, so much money to go around, right? So that had to be a big part of it too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Sorry, Matt. One hundred percent. That was definitely part of it, and and we were hearing it from our staff. You know, we kind of plateaued a little bit in growth and. Um, it, it was really, when I looked down the road, a huge challenge to do everything we had to do. And I didn't want to go the way of the Main Street computer store, you know, which we've all seen those in our local communities where, you know, 20, 30 years ago, every Main Street had a computer store. And now it's, it's almost like a blockbuster. When you see one, you're shocked that they're still there. Right. Um, so our world pivoted and, and we had to go with scale to, to overcome that for our people. Uh, as yeah, much very as, much. And, uh, you know, Matt, I know that a lot of your role in this organization is strategy, 10,000 feet, looking around the corner, uh, trying to determine what's next. And, you know, so when you look forward, I mean, what are some of the drivers that you see in the industry? I mean, obviously, people talk about the cloud, but it's bigger than just that concept of the cloud, right? The, the technology is changing and it's changing at a rapid pace. Do you Can you comment on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, as Eric mentioned, right, work from home created new challenges for people. We wanted to keep uh, our staff and our clients as mobile as possible because who knew where they were going to work? When were they, when were they going to come back into the office? I think for us, we're seeing cybersecurity as sort of that primary driver this year uh, and next year. And we're kind of going from, you know, we used to manage infrastructure to managing information to eventually helping our customers with innovation. And there's a lot of tools coming with regards to, they call it Power Apps in uh, Microsoft Office 365. That'll help automate a lot of tasks in the office and just really streamline our clients' operations. Yeah, I love that. And we're out of time in this segment, but that concept of, of, of going getting to innovation, I mean, that's what we all share is the vision that technology's value for a business is its ability to help that business be more profitable, more collaborative, more nimble, break down barriers and efficiencies. That's what it's there to do and it can do that. But to be able to help our clients do that, we have to be able to bring them innovative tools. And that's what our scale will allow us to do. So that's very cool. Out of time in this segment. Thanks for listening. We are coming right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back once again to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. You can send emails to the program if you're so inclined. Send them to bottomline at justask.net. And we have a staff of hundreds that parses through those emails and brings the uh, most relevant ones forward. Actually, now I'd be thrilled if anybody would just send an email. So please, if you're thinking about it, send us an email. If you think you have a company that is utilizing technology in new and innovative ways for businesses, we want to talk to you. We'd love to have you on the program. 
or if you're a business that is finding new ways to use technology in your business. That's the that's what we talk about on Bottom Line IT. Today, I'm really thrilled to have with me Eric Gray and Matt LaFrance, my new partners, co-leaders with me and this uh, this new entity, Convergence, Grade A, ASK, that is joined together. And we're talking about the merger. We're talking about what it means for our clients, what it means, be, you know, how it came about and uh, what we're looking forward to in the future. So guys, we, we covered you know the background and how you came together and your vision a little bit of the future. We joined you, and I, as listeners know, we finalized that in uh, April, beginning of April of this year. What was it you were looking for when you when you started talking to us at ASK? I mean, because it's, it's not like a come one, come all, right? I mean, you were, you're looking for a specific thing. Anybody who was willing to jump in, we wanted them, right? <laughs> we wanted somebody with a great radio voice like you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, this has been 10 years in the making, right? We've, we've had a great relationship in a peer group together, Mike, uh, Eric as well. Uh, and I think anything that you do, especially in a pandemic, has to be all built around trust. Um, so I think there had to be trust from a leadership perspective. But ultimately, it had to be a culture fit, right? I mean, we're in the people business. We know that culture is, it means behavior. It means how we treat our staff, treat our customers. And we had to make sure there was alignment there. That was the most critical factor. Yeah, Eric, you anything you'd add to that? Yeah, I'm going to be redundant, but it was absolutely culture. But it was also the leadership team within your culture. As, as Matt and I got to talk to people, you know, way before the deal was even even before an LOI or anything like that was happening, you and your team had a similar theme to Matt and I, that you were not going to do anything that put any of your people in jeopardy. Um, if it was a people were numbers and, you know, uh, just eliminate a bunch of staff to pay for a deal that was off the table. So it showed through and through that your people are your family. And, you know, that's how I felt about it. And that's how Matt felt about it. And, that was the number one thing to me. I was like, okay, yeah, you respect, you know, your, your teams of people and you understand they're there to take care of your clients and, you know, hopefully everything works out and you pay your bills, but it's not, it's not yeah, the no, opposite. It, it, no, you're, you know what, I, I could not agree more. And, you know, we talk about uh, internally and in our marketing material, becoming North America's uh, first nationwide people-centered managed IT security provider, right? And, so that's more than words to us because in those conversations and when you made the decision to join together and to partner with Riverside, an equity partner, and then start talking to me, that was that was really the whole of those initial conversations is, hey, if this is a merger um, acquisition that involves streamlining by laying people off, centralizing a help desk, centralizing professional services, I'm out. I don't care what the numbers are. And you guys kind of kind of laughed when I said that because you're like, that's the same thing we said. And it's not that. It's the opposite of that. We believe in local service. We believe that your your service people need to know your clients on a first name basis. They need to know you. You need to understand your clients' business operations and strategy. Your account managers have to be in, you know innately aware of those things. Uh, and that's how we're going to build this thing. You know, we're going to grow through merger and acquisition with that. So back to that question of who we're looking for, it's really not just anybody, right? It's it does start with culture, but it also it also involves organizations that are capable of providing that local service to leverage technology for their clients' uh, best use or to better their clients, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, you nailed it with first-name basis. I've been using that a lot, but really, it's making sure our clients know our, our staff. And as leaders, we know every individual and they feel safe, you know, sharing feedback and talking to us directly. One of the initiatives that Eric sort of, you know, got me going to do was, one-to-ones with staff members 
at all levels in the organization. And it's something that we cherish. Uh, Convergence for years would do what they call a stay interview, where they would interview an individual at the anniversary date and just say, hey, why are you here? What feedback can you give us? Those are initiatives that show true engagement with the staff and care for their staff. Yeah, and Eric, I know you do, you do that a lot. Um, I've seen that over the last month, one-on-one discussions with staff at all levels. It doesn't matter what the role is. It doesn't matter the division they're in. Uh, it's, hey, I just want to get to know you as a person, right? It, it's it's not the president of the company saying, I just want to get to know what you're doing and what your initiatives are. It's, I want to know who you are. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. One of my goals was always to make sure I had a lunch with every employee at least once a year, which, you know, pre-merging with grade A, we were about 60 people. Uh, now that we've all come together, I, I don't know where the math is, call it 200. I yeah. quickly, quickly realized I'm going to need your guys' help to make that happen. Um, <laughs> you're going to gain a yeah, lot more, my friend. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to exercise a ton. Um, uh, but with COVID, obviously, that all moved to Teams meetings, but I've kept them going. Um, but yeah, it's it's really about knowing the people and and where they want to go in their future and i'm fully aware that may not even be where we're going and if you know they're if they move on and they're better off um down the road and they're happy and successful in life i'm happy so it's really more about who they are as a human being than how they can help us hopefully though at the end of the day they want to stay, they want to be engaged, and they want to be part of the bigger vision. Yeah, very well said. And uh, we all three share that. That's uh, something we'll talk a little bit more about when we get into some more of our core values in an upcoming segment here. We're coming back. We've got much more to talk about. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back once again to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. I kind of stuttered because I wasn't sure I was actually recording, but my screen now says that I am. This is Mike Maddox, your host. So glad you're with us. I've got Matt LaFrance and Eric Gray, uh, my partners at Convergence, Grade A ASK, and uh, we are talking about the company that we run and how we have achieved a level of scale now with the addition of three companies into one. And we're looking into the future with mergers and acquisitions and adding the right technology for our clients, adding the right tools and resources for our staff. But this is all fairly new. Convergence and Grade A merged in like November of 2020. ASK was added as an acquisition in April of 2021. Yeah, all of a sudden, what we're three little companies is one 200-person company with a lot of moving parts. So how do you integrate all that together? Uh, Matt, you know, what are your thoughts on how that's going to be achieved and how we're going to get there? We're just going to wing it, man. We're just winging it. <laughs> I think, you know, I think you you practice EOS and we're big believers in it and Eric as well. You've got three visionaries on this call here. I think it was up to us. The whole thing would collapse. Strategy from when I was young, and I think we all have it, is hire people that are way smarter and more experienced than you. And we were really fortunate to uh, have our COO, Chantal LaFriend, a board who's you know experienced in mergers and acquisitions has been part of the integration understands that sort of a difficulty in bringing two cultures together and multiple cultures uh, so fortunately we had her to guide us and you know, she took us through the initial steps 
had the plan worked out uh, and just got us going. Uh, you know, for us, really having the right individuals and then following a, for a framework like U.S. is critical. Eric, you, anything you'd add? What are, what are your thoughts on that? And you yeah. said the Santel and the structure, I should tell listeners, uh, Matt's role as a CEO. Eric, you're the president. Uh, I'm involved in strategy and growth. So my focus is strategy and growth. Um, but Eric, you know, under you sits Chantel and operations. So uh, what would you add? Yeah, I would say, um, tackle what Matt said, we definitely have three visionaries on the call. And I think all three of us would say, well, we signed the paperwork. Aren't we integrated? And, you know, shouldn't it just happen? Should be automatic. Yeah, good. <laughs> right. That, that's it. Um, having a resource like Chantel is huge. Um, she helped and actually designed a plan way back before we even Matt and I came together and her and I were going over the plan in August before we'd even met Riverside. So it, it it's actually been a plan in the works for a while. Um, that's, that's huge. And then I'd like to say beyond that, we have an exceptionally strong leadership team from, you know, finance to HR to the people under ops to technology and, and the maturity in that team is huge because even though Chantel drafted the plan, she has to have a strong team of people around her at every level to execute on the plan. And, and it, it's really those people, many of whom have been with um, either Convergence or Grade A for you know over 10 years. Um, so it's a very mature team who has a lot of experience working and executing together. Now we're learning how to execute with each other, um, but, but thus far it's been hugely effective. Yeah, but we do have a lot more work to do. I will say that oh, uh, for sure. And you know, the um, if you're if you're listening and you're not familiar with the term EOS, it's Entrepreneurial Operating System. Gino Wickman's book, and uh, all three of us were committed to EOS prior to coming together, and that's the structure we're going to lean on to build the the framework to get us integrated and to get us to the next level, and to then add new companies in as we as we grow. Um, that being said, I want to go back to something you both talked about. Chantel, um, incredibly strong, talented chief operating officer, leadership under that that is amazingly talented in all three locations. Very strong leadership. I agree with you, Matt. The secret to success, I've said for years, is hire people way smarter than me and get out of their way and then just do everything to enable them. And as it turns out, it wasn't really hard to find people way smarter than me. I thought it might be, but it wasn't. It was fairly <laughs> yeah. easy. Um, so, you know, and that that's really the secret, right? I mean, it, give them the framework, give them the give them the ability to succeed. And that's that's part of EOS is is not managing top heavy down, but enabling people to make decisions, to do things, to move things forward, to be passionate. Um, and we're seeing that already. I mean, even, you know, three different companies are seeing them integrate and start to dialogue with each other. I think that's a big point. That's a great point is, is about listening, right? Like still being open to listen to everyone, get suggestions, because the reality is the larger the organization, the more blurred our vision will be. So it's really critical to lean on the staff and make sure we're really making changes that they see are required. And yeah. communication. I know, uh, sorry to interrupt, Eric, I'll come right back to you, but um, Chantel presented, because we're the newer entity here, it's only been a month for the Lansing ASK team, Chantel presented to our leadership in Lansing her vision, you know, and it's not fully fleshed out yet, but what's the vision for integrating three companies over the next year? What's the timeline? What are the uh, things we have to accomplish? What are the potential roadblocks? She laid that all out and it was like a cathartic moment for the leadership in Lansing. Their eyes were like, okay, I see it now. Like I, I, I see it clearly. And that 
that takes a talent to be able to lay that out like that. Cause you know, left to me, it would have been like um, three slides. You know, we start here, we're going to do this and we're going to be done. It's going to be great. <laughs> right. But hers was way more in depth. And Eric, go ahead. You were getting ready to touch on oh, that. Oh yeah. Topic. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, Teco, what Matt was saying is the bigger we get, it is true. The blurrier it gets. And, you know, we all know as leaders, the, the larger we are, the less we actually understand every little nuance in our business, which is why I find the happy hours with our staff so invaluable. Some of the best ideas we've ever had in Portland, maybe the leadership helped execute, but I would say they came up from our people who pointed out something we could either improve or sometimes something stupid we were doing that we just weren't even aware of. And a simple dialogue, you're like, I can fix that. So we're already seeing a lot of that coming to fruition with the happy hours where our, our staff are driving through direct feedback the changes we need to make structure right people communication treating people right it's you know the recipe we're coming right back to talk more about that and we're going to get a little further into culture so stay with us don't go anywhere you're listening to bottom line it on the michigan business network Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. back again to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Mike Maddox, your host. Thank you for being with us today and listening to us talk and tell you about the merger of our companies and where we're headed and talk about core values and culture. Eric Gray, Matt LaFrance are my guests. Guys, we've, ta- we've covered a lot of ground, but one I want to get into a little further in this segment is core values. And we touched on it in a couple of segments ago and then again last segment by saying, that really was the foundation of what led to the three companies coming together, that we shared the same core values. We may have had different names for our core values, but they meant the same thing. And it wasn't just words or something on the wall, but it was something that our people lived every day. Let's talk about the importance of that in an organization. You know, we all serve hundreds of companies and together we serve hundreds and hundreds of companies. And we see we see core values, you know, that when they're evident in a business and we see when they're not there. You can almost feel it when you walk in. You know, why is that so important to business? Why is, you know, what are your thoughts on that? If you're a company that you're not sure where you're at with it, how do you go about establishing it? I'd love to hear your opinions on that. Yeah, I can maybe take this as a start, but I think it's really about behavior, right? Like what sort of behaviors do you want to reinforce in an organization? I think a lot of organizations we know, like they'll write core values on the wall, but they're not reinforced by how the leaders perform. And I think ultimately, you really got to give some thought to how do you want to act as a leader in your organization, because that will transcend across the team. Uh, and, and really, you can't, it, it's almost worse to have core values that you don't live by, because it shows that sort of dishonesty in the organization. But when you do have it humming right, it's a feeling, right? You walk into an office, people are comfortable, people feel safe, right? They're able to share, have open debate, 
And, and to me, there's no better benefit to an organization than having staff who are willing to perform at their best, share all their ideas with no sort of fear of repercussion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Eric, I, I, I know in, in – because uh, what listeners might not know, or I'm sure they don't know, they'd have no way of knowing, but I had the opportunity to have spent time both at Convergence in Portland and Grade A in Ottawa and meet the people. And, and be in the office and and get a feel for what you were all about. So it was more than what we talked about. Um, clearly, Portland was, you know, core values were were uh, foundational to the success there. Um, you know, how do you, you know, what are your thoughts on that? How you establish them, and then how do we how do we encapsulate that and make sure that we retain them moving forward? Yeah, um, I think core values is one of those things that can either be lip service by leadership or true truly ingrained. Um, for Portland, we did gazelles before we did EOS. So I'm going in the Wayback Machine like 15 years ago. And we came up with core values that essentially spelled acronym great growth, relationships, existing customers first, accountable, and teamwork. Um, the A changed from ahead of the curve to accountable when we went to EOS about six years ago. But other than that, they've been the same core values for you know, 15, 16 plus years. And uh, because it's an acronym, it's easy to you know, identify when people are living up to those. Most importantly though, as leaders, we even pre-merger with grade A would always challenge each other. And if someone wasn't living up to the values, uh, we truly called each other out. So for example, if, you know, this didn't happen, but if, if we were talking about letting somebody go to make the numbers, I mean, that clearly violates violates your relationship with people. And right. if anybody were to even suggest that, which again, nobody did, I know the whole leadership team would just call them out on the value. Um, I also like simple um, in a value because, you know, we've all been in companies where there's either a huge mission statement on the wall or these long complex values that nobody, including the owners and leaders, can even tell you what they are, much less what they mean. Um, so having them simple, consistent, and, and truly calling them out at every level. And, and in Portland, our staff, um, as I know you both have noticed, they call them out to each other too. Yeah. And, you know, they the truly live them. Um, and I'm very confident to say it's not lip service in Portland. You know, it was so interesting. And, and neither of you know this yet because um, we haven't had a chance to talk about it since um, in Lansing, we had a leadership team quarterly meeting to set our goals for the next quarter. It's obviously different because we're setting goals as a division, right, instead of an entire company. Um, but one of the things we always go through as a part of that process is what in EOS they call your vision, traction, organizer, your VTO. And in the VTO, there's a section on core values. And every quarter, as a leadership team, you look at them and you go, are we really living these? Are each one of us living these? And is our staff living these? Are they more than lip service, to use your words, Matt? And it was an interesting moment because – our core values were not the acronym great, obviously. Um, you know, our core values were responsive, selfless, honesty, and integrity, consistently strive for perfection, and maintain accountability. And then we had them flushed out as to what each one of those meant. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, you know, I've heard them talk about great. You know, that's the core values of the organization. Um, and then we started di dissecting it. And what we realized is they're the exact same core values. They're just different yeah. words. Like, they map exactly. And I, I've even created a PowerPoint, which I'll show you later, which takes our core values and goes, this means this, this means this, and they map exactly. And so they aren't really changing, but the acronym will change, and then, and which would be nice because it gives us a nice way to remember it too, because we didn't yeah. have an acronym. Our acronym would make no sense. It would just be gibberish. So, 
Yeah, one one interesting side note is when I was first meeting Riverside and exchanging emails, when I type in my emails, as you noticed, I always put the words great capitalized. And sometimes I'll capitalize like a T if it's teamwork thing and everything else lowercase. But anyway, for William um, and the team at Riverside, I kept emailing them capital and I'm thinking they don't know why I'm doing this, but they'll figure it out. And when they came to our office um, in October, 2020 to see our facility, you know, we, our office has our values plastered all over it. And William goes, now I get it. And the funny thing is Riverside started then communicating with me using capitalized letters. That um, sounds- I'm like, Oh, you already understand our values. So a simple acronym is so effective. Yeah, powerful. Uh, for, it gets everybody on the same page for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. We're out of time in this segment. We have one more. We are coming back. So don't go anywhere. This is Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back to Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Mike Maddox, your host. I'm with Eric Gray, Matt France, good friends, partners, co-leaders of this managed service, managed security company that looks to dominate the world. And uh, we are on our way. And guys, we covered a ton of ground. And I want to get into an area in the last segment today that's really important and kind of hard to define. And that is emerging technology and how, how we keep our focus on the changes that are happening in technology as it relates to business, right? So it's more than just, well, yeah, everybody's moving things to the cloud. Okay, that's one thing. Office 365 has become important. That's one thing. But, you know, it's bigger than that, right? And and where is it headed? How is technology changing? And how is that changing for the, because what I believe is for the betterment of business, to make businesses much more nimble, more streamlined. I'd love to just dialogue that with you and get your thoughts on it, because really that's, as Eric, you pointed out earlier, and Matt, you did too, that's at the foundation of why we wanted scale, so we could take advantage of that. So, you know, I guess, Matt, I'll go to you first, and uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge topic. We've seen a lot of acceleration around technology over COVID, right, this, this past year. Fortunately, we've got people dedicated internally to really just keeping tabs on, you know, what's changing and how is it impacting our customer base. But I think it's it's almost like a, a bigger discussion, right? When we think about our sort of key, the key person, the overall service offering that we have, it's what we call a virtual CIO. And that individual has to get to know a business. And the more that individual knows about the industry, the tools, the more they can think about like, how do I automate workflows? How do I really impact the business using technology? And then also, how do I get to know the business goals to then drive those business goals with the technology and create a competitive advantage using technology? But technology is almost second, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's really understanding that industry and understanding where that business is going. Um, It's such a critical piece. And again, it's about listening, listening to your customers and really understanding that. Yeah, for sure. Eric? Yeah, I mean, the VCOs are definitely the group who brings in the information of what the clients are doing and seeing, as well as our engineers. the power of us coming together is Portland, even before we came together, had a chief innovation officer of sorts. Um, 
the problem was the amount of innovation we wanted to do, we didn't have enough people and time to pull it off. Um, yep. We built the framework and the tech technology adoption roadmap that explained how it would pass through everything from marketing to finance to service delivery to service support. Um, but but time is always the great enemy of all of us, and and scales brought that time. So when Grade A and Convergence merged, one of the first things we did was you know to get the teams together and collaborating and even internal folks who were in charge of our own infrastructure is part of that. Um, also within that adoption roadmap is the concept that we are the first beta client slash maybe even alpha client of a lot of this technology. So we're testing it on ourselves. Um, internally. Internally, typically with the, the functions that can afford some interruptions, um, i.e. you wouldn't want to test it on the group who has to receive a critical email from a client right. first. But um, so really we're, you know, eating our own dog food, foods, so to speak. And, you know, that's worked well. And now we're seeing the pace of that pick up exponentially as we have more and more folks dedicated to it. Yeah. And, you know, we we look at it the same way. And, and uh, again, as we merge, we'll have common terms for this, but we've always called it technology alignment process here. But it's the same thing that you're talking about. Um, you know, I've had a phrase I've used since since I've been doing this, so a lot of years that technology has no value for a business on its own. Its only value is in its ability to help businesses create profit or become more efficient. And, that, and that's all. On its own, technology is worthless to a business if it can't do those things. And so that's what drove us to this technology alignment process model, which is all about what you were talking about, Matt. The VCIOs or the CTMs, we call them CTMs, client technology managers, the, the relationship owner for that business, that client needs to understand their strategy, their pain points, their goals, their ambitions, their objectives at a deep level first. Those are business questions. Those aren't technology questions. And then then along with engineers or CSMs or other smart people, they try to map out, is there technology that helps the business achieve their objectives, their goals, their strategy, or eliminate pain points? And if there is, that goes onto a roadmap and gets planned gets budgeted, like any other area of the business, it becomes strategic. And that's what technology is all about. Um, yeah, and that, and that, go ahead. I would just, I would just add that, like, you know, I think it's also, there's, you know, companies who want to operate at a bleeding edge level, right? Where there's a, there's almost like a no budget to, to uh, don't worry about the budget, just spend. And I, and for us, it's really about kind of being the Amazon of IT spend, right? Figuring out in that funnel when something's going from, you know, cutting edge to commodity, and figuring out where is the right fit for this customer? When should they adopt this technology? Because if you do it too early, you can break the bank. And if you do it too late, you're behind the curve. And it's really making sure they're always at that sweet spot. Yeah, and, and we've seen countless examples over the years. We've all been doing this for more decades now, each of us, of technology that came out that was red hot. Everybody talked about it. It's going to be widespread. And then in reality, it, was, it wasn't fully baked. And there was pain and suffering. And so... That's our role because our, our business clients, it's not their job to know. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna read the white papers, they're gonna see the the press releases, and it all looks good. By doing what you're talking about, Eric, eating our own dog food, testing it, having the scale to internalize it and test it and, and benchmark it, uh, and then make sure that it's ready for prime time. You know, that's that's our role. Yeah, and avoiding security along the line, like uh, through that process as well, right? Because we know more than ever, so, like cybersecurity risks are what can kill a business. So. It's critical for us to make sure that's always a discussion point and a thought. 
Well, guys, we will do this again. This has been a blast. Thank you for being on with me. Thank you, everyone, for listening and spending time with us. If you have questions for any of us, you can reach us uh, via our websites. There are still three separate websites today, but that'll change uh, quickly. But justask.net, gradea.com, Matt? .ca. .ca, gradea.ca, because of uh, Canada, of course. And then Eric, CNWI? Or convergencenetworks.com, either one convergencenetworks.com. So feel free to send us an email or send it to Bottom Line IT at the Michigan Business Network and uh, we will reply. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks Matt and Eric for being on. Thanks Mike. Thanks Mike.